Welcome back. It is time once again for out or no, not out of the tunnel. Blitz boys on Jack Wagon Sports. Out of the tunnel will be on Saturday. Uh, we hope you guys join us for that live stream Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Make sure you guys tune in for that. We also have Landon hanging out with us here. You're gonna hear him in the background. He might even make an appearance. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, it is the final season preview uh, to get us ready for the 2023-2024 college football season. We got to break down the SEC. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, we're also going to get it. Be giving you our top 25 uh, before the season starts, so make sure you guys check that out as well. Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. A lot to talk about today, starting with probably the biggest question in the SEC. Can anybody challenge or even top uh, University of Georgia this season? Back-to-back uh, -back national champions, uh, they have have not won back-to-back -back SEC titles. Um, is it looking like that's going to happen this season, or do you have somebody else taking that, that crown from them this year, Slade? Who do you got? Yeah, I think that – I don't know that necessarily anyone is going to take the crown from them. I, I think that if there's someone that's able to go up and challenge them in a regular season game, I think that it would be Alabama, but they're not playing them in the regular season this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, the SEC championship is where they're both predicted to end up based on their schedule so far. Um, and so I, I think that Alabama has the best chance. Uh, just based on the position that they're in right now. I mean, they're kind of struggling at quarterback position. I think he's ranked 10th in the SEC going into the season. Um, Nick Saban's team, I mean, they're talking about, is the dynasty over? Like, is Nick Saban, should Nick Saban still be the coach at Alabama? Is I think what Paul Feinbaum said. Um, it, it, I think that they're in a position that they want to be in. Nobody's looking at Alabama right now. They're expecting them to go out and probably have kind of close to a Penn State season and like a, a three-loss season, uh, which isn't, uh, normal for Alabama, you know, five years ago. Uh, so I, I think that while I don't think that anyone is going to challenge them in terms of playoffs, I think that if there is someone that is able to beat them, uh, it would be Alabama. It would have to be an SEC championship, but then I would see them losing to them in the playoffs later on. Yeah. Um, so I, I have two teams I'm looking at that can challenge uh, Georgia. One of them is LSU. Again, they, they won't meet until the SEC championship game. Um, if, if both teams make it there. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as in the regular season, the, the only team I see challenging Georgia is, is Tennessee, and, and that's mainly because it's a road game. Um, obviously, Tennessee has a lot of questions around them. Some people are questioning Joe Milton. Joe, people forget Joe Milton was the original starter at Tennessee two years ago. Before he got hurt, that's when – oh, my God. Hendon Hooker uh, came in, and then Hendon mm -hmm. Hooker played until he got hurt, and then we saw Joe Milton back. Um, and so I think Tennessee's offense is in good hands with him. Obviously, they have a lot of questions. They also have that him. great backup. Yeah. The guy uh, that he was the first, like, high schooler to play in a bowl game or something like that. He, like, yeah. graduated early. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th there's still plenty of questions around Tennessee. But if I'm looking at Georgia, uh, I mean, Stetson Bennett moves on. He's getting replaced by Carson Beck. I don't have – Huge expectations of Carson Beck, but Georgia seems like a program that they, they can take just about anybody, plug them in at quarterback, and they're going to do fine. Um, I'm not expecting Carson Beck to compete for the Heisman, but he might do just enough. Uh, but if I look at their their defensive side of the ball, Nolan Smith, Bear Alexander, and Jalen Carter are all gone now. Uh, you know, they, they have departed Georgia, and that's where my question in lies for that Georgia team. And, and we're going to talk about Alabama in a little bit. You can't lose – talent at that level and they've, they've lost it back-to-back -back years now um 
I don't think you can lose talent at that level. And, and yes, you can get replacements, but it takes time for those replacements to get up to that caliber. Um, so I, I can see Georgia taking cut. I don't want to say a, you know a step. I don't, I don't see them losing two, three games again just because of their schedule. I could see Georgia absolutely, you know, possibly dropping in that that game on the road to Tennessee, uh, still making the SEC championship game. But I think LSU is one of a team in the SEC nobody's really looking at. Everybody's still looking at Georgia and Alabama. Uh, Tennis or LSU did great things last year, especially after coming off that Week One loss to uh, Florida State. You know they lost by mm-hmm. one. Um, so I, I have LSU being the team if they were to meet an SEC championship. I think that's who is challenging Georgia and, and Tennessee in the regular season. Um, moving on, uh, we're going to talk about. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, if Vanderbilt had a pretty good season for by their standards. They went five and seven last year. Obviously, they missed a bowl game. Uh, but compared to the Vanderbilt teams we've seen in the past, you know, only winning two, three games in a good season, for them to get five wins, is it possible that they can continue an upward trajectory? Can they make a bowl game this year? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That, that question, Steve? Yeah, yeah. So I think that they're able to flip their record from last year. You said they went five and seven. I could, I could see them realistically getting to to seven and five this season and and trying to really compete for that bowl eligibility. Uh, I think that they're going to have a hot start to the season just based on their their schedule, you know. Uh, but the last five weeks of of the season, I think, are going to be difficult for them in that they play Georgia, uh, Ole Miss, Auburn, South Carolina, and Tennessee. I mean, if they're able to go two and three in those games, I feel like that's just a win in itself for them and where their program's at. I honestly see them going one and four against those five teams. But, I mean, I think that if they're able to start the season out hot and then possibly go two and two and three against those teams, I think that that definitely solidifies them into the bowl eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Clark Lay is doing a fantastic job. He just signed a huge uh, contract extension in the offseason to stay at Vanderbilt. Uh, so he's doing a very good job of building a program there. And that's what Vanderbilt has been lacking for a very long time. Um, and so he, he's finally building that program out. And they're, they're getting solid recruits in. They're, they're not losing a bunch of people every year to the transfer portal. They did lose some big names this year in the transfer portal. They lost uh, Mike Wright at QB and Ray Davis at running back. Um, Davis transfers to Kentucky. Right transfers to Mississippi State, but I, I still feel like they have a solid enough team there uh, that they should be fine. Uh, like you said, we look at their first six games. Uh, they have Hawaii, Alabama, A and M, Wake Forest, UNLV, Kentucky, and Missouri. Uh, I think four of those first six games are winnable. From there, they need to win two more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like you said, they have Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, South Carolina, and Tennessee in that back half. Um, they beat Florida last year. Uh, now this is going to be a different team. Uh, this is also going to be in the swamp, which no matter what Florida is playing like, it's always a difficult environment to go into. Uh, Georgia is going to be Georgia. Um, but I, I definitely think if they can continue to play as well as they did at times last year, uh, I think the South Carolina game, uh, they lost that by 11 points last year. Uh, Missouri, they lost by three. Uh, but they also upset a, a ranked Kentucky team at the time. I think Kentucky's going to be a lot better this year, though, and I'm going to talk about them here in a little bit. Um, I think they can definitely squeak two possible wins. If, you know, and this is just saying that they only win four out of those first six. Um, Wake Forest is going to be a great game to watch. I think that's a toss-up game. I think with, with Wake Forest has lost in either a place, uh, and it, like I said, as good of a program as Vanderbilt is building, that's going to be a very fun game to watch. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. 
So uh, there, there's a lot of possibilities. I I have them going six and six. I don't have them you know going crazy seven eight mm-hmm. wins yet. It's possible, but I, I think a realistic expectation is to just get six wins and then make a bowl game. And I think from there again, they're going to continue to build that out to be a solid program. I don't think we'll ever see Vanderbilt uh, competing to win the SEC. Uh, but they can actually become like a middle tier team, middle to top tier team, you know, kind of up there around the likes of Ole Miss, Mississippi State, those, those kind of schools. Um, so I, I think Vanderbilt's on an upward trajectory, and it's it's very fun to see. Uh, I hope you know continued success for them because it, it makes the SEC more entertaining when you know you don't have one school only winning two games every year. Um, uh, next thing we're going to talk about is Texas A and M. Uh, I made my opinions very well known on them last week. Uh, when I saw them in the AP Top 25 poll. Still upset about that. Uh, but regardless, year in, year out, we talk about how well Jimbo Fisher is recruiting and all these five stars that he has coming in. Um, they, they pull off, it seems, to be one, one or two big wins a season, uh, but they really struggle against some of these other opponents. Uh, I don't think uh, – I know they didn't make a bowl game last year. I can't remember if they made one the year before or not. Um, actually, I think they did. Regardless um, – do you think Texas A&M, can, is this finally the year Jimbo Fisher can put it all together? Can they have a big breakthrough? Can they compete in the uh, the SEC West, not just the SEC? Uh, it, you know, next year we're, we're going to talk about, you know, we're getting rid of divisions. You know, there's not going to be any divisions mm-hmm. left in the SEC. But um, are they going to be able to compete in the SEC West this year, or are we still kind of expecting a, a middle to lower, you know, end, end team here? Uh, five and seven last year as well. Uh, just your thoughts on Texas A&M heading into 2023. Yeah, I think that they continue to struggle. I think that, like you said, they they struggle with opponents. They they kind of play down to their mm-hmm. opponents if they're like the stellar team in, in terms of recruits and the coaching staff and everything. Uh, and then they kind of play right up to the level of these teams that are at the same level or better. You know, there's really no middle ground for them. And I think that the fact that the second half of their season is kind of jam-packed with some tough competition in terms of SEC play, I think that they're just going to have so many close games that there there is the capability for a team each season to play a lot of close games and come out on top of those games and have the season that they want to have. I don't think that Texas A&M is going to be that team this year. I think that they're going to come out on the wrong side of a lot of close games. There's going to be a lot of last two-minute plays of the game that they're going to wish that they could have back at the end of the season, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think Texas A&M can at least make a bowl game this year. I mean, look at their schedule. Five of the first six games that they have this year are at home. One of those is technically a neutral site game. It's still in Texas. Uh, they play Arkansas, Jerry World. Uh, the road, their lone road game is at Miami, a uh, rematch from last year where they had that, that close win at home. Um, you look at the second half, though, uh, they're at Tennessee, at LSU, at Ole Miss, and they have South Carolina at home. Those are four very difficult games in my eyes. Um mm-hmm. A lot of the other big news that everybody's looking at and, and kind of pointing out is what might help Texas A&M turn the tables this year is bringing in Bobby Petrino as an, uh, the offensive coordinator. Uh, again, he Jimbo Fisher said at SEC Media Days, you know, uh, you know he's he's not the, the, the lone play caller. You know, we're kind of gonna go back and forth with each other. So that doesn't give me confidence right away. And also, <laughs> um, let's look at uh, Bobby Petrino's uh, coaching record here. Uh, he left Louisville, went to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, was terrible with the Falcons. He lasted one season there, gets fired, goes to Arkansas, was pretty solid at Arkansas, and then he was sleeping with his assistant, and they got into a motorcycle wreck. Uh, 
takes two years off, goes to Western Kentucky, goes from Western Kentucky back to Louisville, has four not great years. Uh, well, he had two great years in there, but then um, so he gets fired from Louisville, takes a couple years off, uh, goes to Missouri State. So he's coming from Missouri State to uh, Texas A&M. I, I just don't have the greatest faith in him, and I've made my, my comments known about Jimbo Fisher and his 2014 stale offense that he refuses to update in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I, I think they, they make a bowl game at least this season. Uh, they pull off, you know, they, they, they seem to be good for one or two upsets. Uh, Alabama at Texas A&M, is, those two teams always play each other really close. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not expecting them to be competing for the SEC West, uh, let alone, you know, any any kind of ground in the SEC yet. Uh, so the, the, those are my thoughts on Texas A&M and how they will do this season. Uh, let's look. Uh, there's a lot of quarterback changes at a lot of big teams in the SEC mm-hmm. this year. Uh, Alabama, Florida. Uh, let me pull up the list here. Uh, we had Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. Uh, already kind of talked about Tennessee's quarterback and a little bit about Carson Beck at, at Georgia. Um of those those four, who do you think is going to have the tough the toughest adjustment period, um, at team wise and also just quarterback wise uh, in, in the SEC, also college football as a whole? But out of those four that is mentioned, who do you think it has the toughest road ahead of them this season? I think it's Alabama. I think that they're going to have uh, there. There's so many names in the room right now. I mean, they had what's his uh, Tyler? How do you say his last name? Buchner. Buckner, I think. Buckner uh, from Notre Dame come over. They don't know if uh, Tommy Reese brought him over at the start as an insurance policy. You know, uh, they also have Ty Simpson, um, Jalen Milroy looks like, or Milroy, whatever. He looks like the the guy that's going to start week one. But it it seems like whenever Alabama doesn't have that, like, set starter, you know, that guy that Nick Saban's like, nope, this is going to be our guy. He's going to start the season, you know, A.J. McCarron, whoever – it's been recently. Um, it, I think that it it kind of draws questions. I mean, mm-hmm. if they start out the season and, I mean, let's just look at their, their first couple games here uh, of the season. They're going to start with Texas Ole Miss uh, in the first four weeks. So, I mean, I think that if they go out against Middle Tennessee and Milrow or whatever, he starts and has a great game and then he goes out in the first quarter against Texas and throws two picks – I don't see him playing anymore that game. And then the next guy, if that guy comes out, has a stellar game, Simpson, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's going to be a rotating room. And I just think it's going to be hard for the team itself to kind of center itself around one guy and kind of believe in that one person, you know, especially because they're all kind of different in that uh, Milro is kind of like a dual threat. He's a passer. He's a runner. He's not great at passing as great. I should say as Simpson, uh, so then when Simpson comes out, he's not really going to roll out of the pocket at all. He's just mm-hmm. – he's either throwing or handing the ball off. And so I think it's going to be really hard for the team to kind of get rolling with one specific person if they have the jumbling carousel of quarterbacks the first four weeks. Yeah. Uh, if I look at Alabama, I I, I absolutely start Jalen Milrow. I, I don't look at Tyler Buckner. He he sucked in Notre Dame, then he got hurt, and then we didn't see him again because uh, Drew Pine came in and he mm-hmm. looks so much better. Um. I, I also look at if I'm Tommy Reese, if I'm Alabama Holes and I'm looking at Tommy Reese, I think I said this last year when the, the move was announced that, you know, he was getting hired at Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. They ranked Notre Dame under Tommy Reese, ranked 98th in passing offense, uh, 60th in total offense. 
that's not going to cut it at Alabama. I don't think he's going to improve at Alabama, you know, even with, you know, all these, these other star players and all this other stuff. Um, I think that the biggest struggle, though, in the quarterback department this year uh, is going to be at Florida. Florida, I understand Anthony Richardson was beyond talented and, you know, he's very athletic. He wasn't a great quarterback. Uh, and I, I made this comment when he got drafted what, like fifth or sixth overall, you know, like, mm-hmm. are we really buying into this much hype out of, you know, Anthony Richardson? Everybody's like, yeah, you know, he's going to be great. Um, hasn't looked stellar in his preseason games, but again, it's preseason. He's still trying to learn it. I'll give him time at Indianapolis. Regardless, Florida just seems to struggle with quarterbacks lately. I don't think they've had mm-hmm. a good quarterback since Tim Tebow. Um, and now you have Graham Mertz transferring in. Uh, he was not great at Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's offense sucked last year. That's why their head coach got fired. Um, in his career at Wisconsin, he's thrown 38 touchdowns and 26 interceptions. That's that's not a great ratio. Uh, Florida has also lost their best wide receiver and their guard. Uh, so that Florida offense, I really feel like is is gonna be a big time struggle this year. Uh, I don't I don't have Florida making a bowl game. Uh, I don't have high expectations for that Florida team as a whole. And again, Graham Mertz being their their quarterback. Uh, doesn't give me a lot of faith um, in, in that offensive scheme. Whereas Alabama, I feel like, just has more playmakers. They're, they're able to spread the ball. Still have my concerns about them. Uh, and, and, you know, I, they bring in uber-talented kids there. And, and at the end of the day, they, they have enough talent to make up for a lack of coaching uh, on, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so that's why I'm a little bit more worried about Florida and Graham Mertz as compared to, you know, the, the, the quarterback carousel at Alabama. Um while we're talking of changes, uh, we're going to look. Um, we're going to look at coaches. Uh, there's two new head coaches coming in. Hugh Freeze is going to Auburn, um, and I, I don't want to mess up his name. He took over last year. Um, we have Arnett at Mississippi State uh, taking over for Mike Leach. Um, who do you have with a more difficult path to rebuild their team going forward? Uh, looking at their schedule, who they brought in, and so on, who has a, a more uphill climb to get the team? And not, they don't necessarily have to get to the top of the SEC, uh, but to be competing in SEC this year. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think that this season, I kind of looked at it as in who, who, was gonna, who I believe is going to finish higher um, in the SEC West, in, just in terms of that. And, and so I went with Auburn here. I, I think that they're going to have a tough four weeks kind of right at the first third of the season. They play Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss back-to-back, all of them right in a row. And then they play Mississippi State right after that. I think they're going to be looking for something to prove against Mississippi State, and I think that they're going to be able to to go in and get a win there, and then that'll kind of kickstart the rest of their season for them. I mean, they do finish the season out against Alabama, but I don't think that they're – looking for anything shy of, you know, like some stellar upset when it comes to that last game of the season for them. I think that they're just kind of kind of trying to build after they, the old Miss game. I mean, look, they, they could have a, a, a good game against uh, Texas A&M and even Ole Miss and, and possibly get some really close games there, possibly sweep a win out against one of those two teams. But um, I think when you look at Mississippi State and they play LSU, South Carolina, Bama. Then they play uh, Auburn, and then they finish the season out with their their tougher opponents, uh, Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Uh, I, I just think that in terms of the way the seasons go for each team, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a, a slight advantage to to Auburn this year. All right. So yeah, yeah as you can see, uh, Landon has decided to join us. But um, 
back to your point, saying I, I 100% agree with you. I think Auburn definitely has the rougher season ahead of them. Uh, you look at Mississippi State, while it is a brand-new head coach and you know a lot of these guys have been promoted, this staff has been together for a few years now, uh, and I think that helps a lot. It's, it's not a, a brand-new staff. We're having to kind of piece guys together. Uh, they, they've kept the majority of, of the staff that was under Mike Leach. Um, I think, if anything, this is going to be a, a far more balanced team. Uh, listen, I, I love Mike Leach's offense. I love the air raid style, but Mississippi State has absolutely been lacking, you know, kind of a one-two punch with passing and rushing. Um, they've been very heavy on passing, and we can see where that gets them in the trouble in games. Uh, so I think with a more balanced attack on offense, that, that's going to help that team a lot more. I think they're also going to have a very strong defense this year, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch both sides of the ball for Mississippi State. Um, you look back at Auburn, thanks Big Hank Bigsby is gone. Uh, so is TJ Fenley from quarterback. He wasn't a great quarterback still. You know, he, he was there, uh, and he's been your, your starter for the past few years now, I think. Um, you look at who they brought in in the transfer portal. Uh, they got Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. Not a, a name that I'm, I'm excited about to watch be an SEC quarterback. Um, 19 touchdowns to 11 interceptions last season. Uh, and then, like you said, they have a very rough schedule. Uh, they're at Cal, at Texas A&M, uh, home against Georgia, at LSU, home against Ole Miss. Uh, at Arkansas and home against Bama, um, so there's there's a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball for this team, uh, and I, I think like you said, it's going to be a, a tougher struggle for Auburn as compared to Ole Miss, and that's why mm-hmm. I have a little bit more faith in Mississippi State uh, under Arnett in his first year as compared to Hugh Freeze. So let's go ahead and get into some of our predictions uh, for the SEC this year. Uh, first up, who do you have as your most improved team in the SEC? Uh, most improved, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. I mean, we talked about them. I think that they're able to flip the script on last season. I think that if they're able to go 7-5, and five, make a bowl game, uh, I think that's a big turnaround for them. I mean, coming, seeing as though, I think they were last in SEC East last year, 5-7. and seven. Uh, So just to be able to flip that would put them right around the same areas where I think South Carolina is going to finish. I think that somewhere around the four or five slot. Uh, and so I think that that's a big turnaround for the team. Like you had said, that has had a lot of trouble uh, kind of capitalizing uh, on the seasons these last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I went with Kentucky. Uh, I mean, I understand Kentucky had a, you know, not a terrible season last year. I, I really think that they're taking a step forward. Uh, Will Levis is a horrible quarterback. I, I don't, I don't understand why anybody thought that he was Heisman material before the season last year. He played like absolute crap all year. Really cost them a majority of their games. If it wasn't for the rushing attack, uh, if it wasn't for the rushing attack, I I don't think Kentucky would have been a 500 team. Mm -hmm. Um, So Devin Leary is coming in from North Carolina State. Did a lot of great things there when he could stay healthy. Uh, I think Kentucky is, is a better team up front on the offensive line to protect him. Um, and again, they bring a great one-two punch, and I think Devin Leary is, is a far better quarterback than Will Levis. Uh, so I think Kentucky can get to a 10-win season. Who knows? Maybe they, they can pull off an upset against Tennessee, sneak one out against Georgia, or at least keep it close. And, and if, if calamity happens in front of them with Georgia and Tennessee, maybe we see them in Atlanta this, this fall. I, I, I doubt it. I don't think Georgia and Tennessee are going to be that rough. Um, but I, I have Kentucky you know, being the number three team and a very competitive number three team. Um, so I, I have Kentucky being my most improved team. Uh, who do you have as your most declined or disappointing team in the SEC this year? 
Um, I'm going with Mississippi State here. I think they went nine and four last year. I think it's going to be a kind of a, a turnover season for them. And, and and just like I said, I think that they're going to get slightly outplayed in terms of the season by Auburn. And I think that that's going to kind of put them at like fifth in the West. And so I just think that that's a big dis- uh, decrease from last year, where I, I think they ended up third on uh, on that side of the SEC. Yeah. Um. My most, uh, I, I looked at it again as a disappointing team. I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. going to have a huge drop off from last year. Um, I'm going with Alabama. Uh, again, they lost a ton of talent. They lost a Heisman mm-hmm. quarterback. Uh, Jameer Gibbs was one of the best running backs in the nation last year. Uh, if you look at that Tennessee game, the back and forth game, without Gibbs, that, that, that looks like a blowout completely the other way. Um, and then you also lose Will Anderson Jr., uh, who was a top 10 draft. Actually, I think he might have fallen to I can't remember now, but high draft pick, one of the best defensive players. You know, as a defensive player, he was getting talked about for Heisman possibilities throughout the season. Um, I Again, I understand Alabama is – and Nick Saban is one of the best recruiters in the country, and he brings in high-end talent. Uh, there's a lot of questions around the quarterback like we just talked about. Um, it, it's hard to replace a former Heisman-winning quarterback. Uh, it, it's hard to replace offensive and defensive production like this year in, year out. I just don't see enough there to for them to, to step up that quickly. I'm not saying Alabama's going to suck. I, I don't see them losing more than three games still, uh, but I just think it, it's disappointing. And, and, I, um, and I, I'm concerned about where they go. I don't agree with Paul Feinbaum. Nick Saban's still one of the best coaches. This isn't hurting his legacy. You don't win that many national championships and, and it hurt your legacy by having your know, back-to-back three loss seasons or missing the playoffs. And who knows, with, with all the crap that everybody's out there talking about them, it might fire them up enough and, and they might go on a tear, go on a feed and win the national championship again. Um, I'm not I don't, I'm not trying to talk crap on Nick Saban. He's a coaching idol of mine. I, I just – I'm concerned about the level of talent that they lost and that they're trying mm-hmm. to – I, I did want to bring up something about Alabama and, and the obviously I think as a university, as a football team, they will find it if, if what you think, if they have the troubles, if they kind of have that disappointing season that, that you kind of think they might run into. Um, I, I wonder if it's the opposite and, and they really go on a tear and say they upset Georgia in the SEC championship and stuff. What else will they be able to say? Because they already, I mean, uh, from my knowledge, Alabama is one of the only SEC schools that is not actively looking for NIL deals for their players. Nick Saban mm-hmm. said that he refuses to pay any player to come to his school, that if you want to come and play for him, you'll come and play for him. But it will not be because the car dealership down the road wants to give you a, a supercar or something like that right. for you to play at Alabama. That's not the reason you're going to come there. And so I think that that'll just add to his legacy if this year or even next year – if he's able to to really pull off a big win against these teams that are heavily recruiting with the NIL deals, like we had talked about Tennessee, Georgia, um, these top teams. Also, yeah. do you think with you you thinking you predicting them to be uh, a disappointing season for them this year? Will you still be rooting for them on week two Absolutely. against Texas? <laughs> Listen, be, being disappointing in the SEC is a lot different than being disappointing across the country. Do you think that they could they could lose every game the rest of the season as long as they win like forty nine nothing against Texas week two? You would oh, change yeah, I'll, your. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll still be happy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, 
yeah, no, I, I still think just again that talent is there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you also got to think about what the other teams in the SEC are bringing in talent wise. What LSU is returning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that game. I, I forget what week it's going to be. Um, Which one? Uh, LSU Alabama. Yeah, LSU Alabama is. It's going to be week like eight. Week, uh, nine. I nope. think it's nine. I'm off. Yeah, two, four. I'll six, be ten. There's. Eight, there, I nine. think there's a bye yeah, for that. Ten. All um, right. November 4th is when they play. That is yep. going to be the, the game to watch this season. Because, again, by that point, Alabama's going to have their, their, their team develop. They're, they're going to be rolling. Um, they and play they're Tennessee. coming off the bye week in between that. Yeah, and the week before that, they play Tennessee. So, I mean, that, that game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I mean, I think the winner of that wins the SEC West. I think that's what we're looking at with that matchup. Um, with that being in oh, Alabama, that, that, might be, you know, that might be helpful, um, especially with – they want revenge for how the game ended last year, uh, losing in, in overtime, you know, on that two-point conversion. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to be hungry to go out there and, and beat that LSU team. So that's going to be a lot of fun. For it's going to be a huge game. They both come off a bye. Yeah. Um, so looking at the SEC as a whole, who do you have walking out of Atlanta? First of all, well, tell me this. Who do you have playing in Atlanta first? And then who do you have winning the SEC championship? Yeah, so completely agree with you in that. I think that it's going to come down to – What's wrong? The headline says SEC most champion prediction. Uh, oh, well. Um, I, I completely agree with you in that. I think that it's going to come down to LSU and Alabama and who gets to go and face Georgia. I think that Georgia is just a mastermind in the last couple of years and how they've been able to really top Alabama in, in just about every category. Um, I think that whoever wins that game is going to really just kind of be prepping for that, that SEC championship against Georgia. I still don't think that either of these teams will be able to challenge Georgia. I think that Georgia is going to make a lot of teams that like Tennessee, Alabama, or LSU, whichever one they end up facing in the, in the SEC championship. I think that the first half is going to be games where Georgia comes out and they kind of get to see what the other team is going to do. They're going to stick with them. And then in the second half, they're going to come out and their defense is going to shut the other team out and and they're going to score three touchdowns and, and win by three scores and make it look like it was never close in the first half, which is something that Alabama was able to do for years in that mm-hmm. they would come out against these teams and they would go into halftime 14-14 and they'd end up winning the game like 41-14. to Yeah. So I, I just think that's where Georgia's going to be this season. And uh, so I don't know who between Alabama and LSU is going to – going to play them, but I don't think it's going to matter at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going with LSU making it out of the West, and uh, they're going to play Georgia. And I have LSU beating Georgia in the, in the SEC championship game last, or this year. It's a rematch from last year. LSU put up more of a fight than I thought they would in that game. Uh, they were coming off a loss against Texas A&M, and I, I really didn't have high hopes. They definitely struggled in Georgia. You know, I don't think they're sweating it, but LSU definitely put up more of a fight than I thought they would. And I think with what they're returning this year, Jaden Daniels is absolutely a Heisman candidate in my eyes. Um, and for me, it just comes down to, again, I, I worry about the amount of talent that Georgia lost and replaced. And now you're you're putting, you know, a high-pressure situation on a quarterback in Carson Beck who isn't proven in these situations. Yeah, he, he's gotten to play. Um, you know, he definitely got some time in the national championship game. But by that point, the game was decided. You know, the game wasn't put on his shoulders. Um and so for that reason, I'm going to take LSU in the national – or excuse me, 
the SEC championship game. Uh, I still think, I think both teams, uh, especially with LSU winning, um, I think the SEC is tending, sending two schools to the playoff. Uh, but we will, we're going to talk all about our playoff predictions uh, on Saturday. Yeah, so that'll do it for the SEC preview. Thank you guys, as always, so much for checking us out. Week zero, Out of the Tunnel, will be live Saturday morning, 9 a.m. here uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out, we'd really appreciate it. We have our first uh, special guest host. Um, Landon Second. might even make an appearance. Second. Yeah. yeah, Landon's yeah. our first. But um, but Rico knows. Uh, he, he's pretty big on TikTok and as well as YouTube. Makes a lot of great football content across the board. He does NFL, college. He even talks a little high school football. Um, so we're excited to have him on. And, and you know we're going to have an interview with him. He's going to make some guest picks as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you guys are there Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Uh, we'll see you then. Uh, Have a great rest of your week.